0: Or part two in the series, Enter God's Rest. And will uh, give a brief recap of what we talked about last week. Last week, the scripture that um, this was launched off of was from Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. And I'm going to read it again. And this is also uh, scriptures from Psalm 95. And Let me read it again. Hebrews chapter 3 verses 7 through 11. It says, verse 7, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And last week I defined what that word rest was. And in the Hebrew, it was the word "katapausis," which meant, Reposing down, abode, rest to settle down. That word reposing or repose also means a state of tranquility. And in Psalm ninety-five, that word is menu ka menu which means to repose, which also is a, means a state of tranquility. So the 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 scriptures I just read was also. What was written in Psalm 95. And the writer of Hebrews was repeating what the Holy Spirit said. Now we talked about, and the question I said was, what is the rest of God? You know, the title of this is Enter God's Rest. What is that? And, you know, last week I gave a kind of an opening about it. And we were in Joshua chapter 21. And in Joshua tw- chapter twenty-one, this was when you know Joshua was leading the children of Israel into the Promised Land, and there are certain things we read in those scriptures. And a couple of the bullet points that I wanted to uh, point out there was, which I pointed out actually, is that we saw in those scriptures where God kept His word and fulfilled His promise. We also saw that. The people who entered are the ones who received the promise. And the ones who did not enter, they all died in the wilderness. And that is fulfilling what God said in the scriptures I just read. He said, the day of rebellion. He said, I swore in my wrath that they will not enter my rest. So those who were contrary to God, those who were rebelling, those who angered God, as he had the children of Israel wander the wilderness for 40 years. They all died in the wilderness. They did not enter the promised land. We also remember that Israel or the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. Set free by God and they were on the move for 40 years and finally came at the land of promise. This land was a place for them to settle down, to colonize, abide, and be in a state of tranquility. And in another, actually, um, uh, in another version of this meaning of the word for rest, it means to colonize also. And that is very important to remember that definition because as we go ahead, you will see how the rest, how it applies to us today as Christians, but I'm going to touch on that a little later as we continue in the series. Okay, so other things in the scriptures, in Joshua 21, we saw that the, there was no more wandering in the wilderness. But they now enter into a place where they can be stable. And also the, the enemies would not overtake them because the Lord promised that he would take care of them and that the enemies No enemy that come against them can overtake them or overpower them. And the Lord was their salvation. He was the one who would deliver them. Now what I want to talk about today, and uh, while I'm kind of setting this up, I'd like you to turn to the book of Numbers chapter 13, please. The book of Numbers chapter 13. And what I want to talk about is this place where where they enter in, I want to give a little description of it. And what I was seeing, I was seeing how things, see, trying to see things from the Lord's perspective. And also um, look at things from this perspective of the people themselves. But let's go into, are I, I, you at Numbers chapter 13? We're going to read verse 1 and 2, then we're going to skip around. But we will stay in Numbers chapter 13. All right. Numbers thirteen chapter one Numbers chapter thirteen verse one and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel, for each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Verse seventeen. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said to them, Go up this way into the south, and go up to the mountains, and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are fortress, uh, forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. And we go to verse 23. Then they came to the valley of Eshkal. And there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. And the last verse, verse 27. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Now, I know there are a lot of scriptures there, but there's something I want to show. I want us to see. I'm going back to to chapter, verse one. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, "Send men to spy out the land." So Moses sent men, and he gave them instructions. Scope it out. Let me do, let me know if it's good. If it's good or bad. Let me know what the people are like. I want I want details. But let me ask you a question. Who's who told Moses to send men to spy out the land? God did. Now, when you I know we have all read this scripture before, but have you did you ever ask yourself why God sent Moses, told Moses to send people to spy out the land? Did God want to know about the land? No. God didn't want to know. God already knows what's there. He already knows what's there. But he told Moses to send people to spy out the land. Now you have to ask yourself, I'm reading this, I'm saying, Oh, why, Lord, why are you sending them to spy out the land? Because I know you already know what's there. Because if you go back and read when God was talking to Abraham about the land, Abraham was standing on it. He said, "This is the land I'm going to give your people." So, you, if you you know, these are the when you read the scriptures, you got to ask yourself these things. Why would God tell Moses to send people to spare the land? The land, he or, God already knows what's there. But who didn't know what was there? The people, Moses didn't know, and the people didn't know. And you see, Moses told them a bunch of things here. Spy out the land. Go up through the, go this way into the south. See what the land is like. This is your. This you're going to inherit this land. We got to go scope it out. So he said here. So why did the Lord ask Moses to send people to spy out the land? Do you think it was for his benefit, benefit or for their benefit? Is it for their benefit? It was for their benefit. And if you look at the parameters Moses gave to the spies. You know he said this is what I want you to look at. This is what the things I want you to take a look at. And what I believe that why the Lord did that. He wanted to give the people a sneak peek of what they were going to possess. He given them a sneak peek. This is what I have in store for you. Okay, I believe he gave them a, was giving them a sneak peek so that they can get excited about their inheritance. Right? Imagine that we have some an inheritance for for our children or, or or whomever. They don't know what it is. We know what it is. But we said we've given you a little taste, a little sneak peek of what we have in store for you. Right, so that you look at it. This is what is happening. So the Lord already knows the beginning from the end. But what's happening now, with them spying out the land, is just another step in the Lord unfolding the promise He made back in the beginning to Abraham. All this is just a, the promise being fulfilled. This is all factored in into God's plan, which He had before the foundations of the world for the children of Israel and for us. So he's given a people a sneak peek of what he had in store for them. Alright, so let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I want to show you something there. So the description of the land so we know that there are pomegranates there were grapes there were there were things in that land that You know, just giving them an example of the things they had. They 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 describe the place. They describe what was there. But if let's go to Deuteronomy chapter six, and I want to show you something there also. Let me know when you're there, please. Verse six, chapter six, verse ten. Are you there? So Deuteronomy chapter six, verse ten. Now this is what the Lord is telling them. So it shall be. When the Lord your God brings you into the land of which He swore to your fathers, now you remember this is happening after the spies spied out the land. And then we, I'm not going to go into what happened. Okay, so we're we're a little bit ahead now. Of this is what the Lord is saying now. What's in there? He said, "It shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land." of of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you, what? Large and beautiful cities, which you did not build. Houses full of all good things, which you did not fill. Hewn out wells, which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees, which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full. But what I am seeing, what you are seeing here. The spies went and they spied out the land. And they were talking about the people who were there. They were talking about, some brought back some of the the, the fruit that was on the land. And the Lord is saying here, also, there are wells, houses. We are not tents. He said they are large and beautiful cities. Cities. It's not a little town. It's not a little tent city. When it talks large and beautiful cities. These are fortified. Huge. Buildings. Clustered together. Filled with things. Furniture. Whatever it is they need. Wells dug already. Vineyards planted, okay. Olive trees, and we know their are grapes. We know they're pomegranates. We know they're figs, and whatever else that they didn't they didn't uh, mention here. So, what are we seeing here? I see that the Israelites, when they enter the Promised Land, they do not have to start from scratch. There is, they don't have to start from scratch. Because everything they need to thrive is already there. Does that that make your life easier or harder? It makes your life easier. Because you have a foundation on which to build on. Okay? So whatever they needed to thrive was already provided before they entered the promised land. And it says here what? When you have eaten and are full. So what that tells me. They can eat to their heart's content. Everyone can eat to their heart's content. So you're moving into a promised land. And you can eat to your heart's content. You don't have to sleep outside. You don't have to go plant anything. Okay let me just don't go get ahead of myself. If you watch the wisdom of God, when God spoke to Abraham, God was already having the land prepared for the Israelites until the time for them to take occupation. Because the Canaanites and all those people that dwelt on the land, they were already occupying it. But they were the they were the precursor to to to. to Preparing everything for the children of Israel. They didn't know it. They did not know it. But God knew it. Now, what I want to show here about rest, the rest, and if you remember the definition of what we talk about rest, it talks about a state of tranquility, it talks about to settle, to colonize. Okay? Think about what I'm saying here. So the Lord is, has prepared everything that they're able to colonize. They're able to settle down. Let's turn to Psalm ninety-five, verse six. I want to show you something, and there is a reason why God was doing that. Psalm ninety-five, verse six. And when you see when you see how God operates, we should not be worried about one. Iota of nothing. We should be in a state of rest, a state of tranquility. Psalm ninety five, verse six. You're there? Okay. Now this is Psalm is the same has the same scripture that we quoted from Hebrews. But I want to read a couple of verses before that. And this is what it is. Verse six. Psalm ninety five verse six. It says O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the, the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. And then after that it says, Today, if you would hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, and we go on until verse 11 where he says, I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. But if you, miss, if, you, if, you, if you skip verse 6 and 7, you miss the whole point of why they need to be in rest with God. It says here, Oh come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Lord, help me with this. Whew. Remember Psalm 20, 23. Remember Psalm 23? I'm going to read it for you. Psalm 23. I can quote it, but I'm not going to quote it. I want to read certain things for you, and I will show you the parallel and the heart of God. And why, they, when they entered into what it takes to enter into that rest, and and what that rest is supposed to be like? Psalm twenty three says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me to lie down, lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake." Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort; they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and so forth. It says, "What the Lord is my shepherd," and in verse six in Psalm ninety-five, I mean verse seven. It says he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Remember when I did the series on the shepherd I said the shepherd before the sheep go into pasture the shepherd always go before the sheep enter that space And he makes sure, he looks at what they're going to eat. Anything that's going to be of harm to them, he makes sure it's taken out. He evaluates predators. He makes sure there's enough water. So he makes sure there's a food source, there's enough water. So when the sheep enter in, there is nothing lacking. They enter into a state of rest because they are in a state of tranquility why because there is nothing lacking they have everything they need everything they need is there it's already provided for so analogously when we're speaking about entering into god's rest i'm talking about the promised land the lord took them from egypt led them through he was their, not only was he was their God, he was their shepherd. He was their father. Leading them into a land of promise where everything was already provided for them. Before they entered in, he had already gone before. How many hundred years before and prepared the way. So when they enter in, they're in a state of tranquility. They don't have to start from scratch. They enter, because it says here, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. When you're in green pastures, wherever you are, you're going to just, it's all cool. You got what you need. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Everything they need is there. So they can be in a state of rest. So what do we have to worry about? When we know that our father. And our big brother Jesus. Already have us in the palm of his hands. Remember. In John 10. Remember what Jesus said? I am the good shepherd. Jesus was not only the good shepherd. He said he's a true shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And the relationship of the shepherd to his sheep is critical. If you look at the promised land. I said here in Psalm 95. What was supposed to happen in the promised land. What was supposed to happen so that they can be in a state of rest? He says, verse 6, Psalm 95. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. What is God look, what is that rest supposed to be like? This rest, they were entering into what? I would want to call it a positive state of being. This rest, this is the best words I can use to, to, to describe it. A positive state of being. Not only physical, but emotionally and spiritually. This rest covers all aspects of their lives and their existence. It is a peace that only comes from a relationship with God... With the Lord as they commune with Him and serve Him. What did it say in Psalm 95? Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God. And we are the people of His pasture. That talks about relationship. Let us come and bow down and worship. And kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, they recognize his lordship, they recognize who he is. He's is our God, and we are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. That's a unique relationship. Anyone who is not inside this covenant is outside of this relationship. This is why the the promised land that they don't have to wander. They live in this space where everything is provided for them. And they can have fellowship, koinonia, with the Lord. Worshipping Him. Serving Him. And He in turn provide everything they need. And keep, protect them. And keep them. And this is not only exclusive to them. Back in the Old Testament. But it's exclusive to us now. Through Christ. And we talk more about that as, as time goes. So understand. This rest covers all aspects of their lives. This rest is unique and exclusive between the Lord and his people. It can only be experienced through relationship. Yes, they are in the promised land. Yes, they are living in houses. And they have everything they need. But to really experience the true rest. To be and stay in a state of tranquility. It has to have what? It has to be a relationship. And I said here in Psalm 95 what's involved. Worshipping God. Reverencing God. And understanding who He is. And who they are in relationship to Him. He's their God. And they are are His people. And the sheep of His pasture. Alright. So. I'm going to pick this up the next time. Okay, I'm going to pick this up the next time. And I hope you understand when they talk about rest what it is. So I hope you receive something today. In Jesus' name.